you're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Mottier, and I'm here today with Dale Dupree, also known as the Copier Warrior. How are you doing today, Dale? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. No problem at all. So today we will be talking about promoting your personal brand to increase sales. But before we get into details, can you please introduce yourself to our audience and tell us more about who is the Copier Wire? Absolutely. I'm happy to. So, so my name is Dale Dupree. I live and have been born and raised, which is unheard of by most people in Orlando, Florida. Typically, people that are from Florida came from a cold state and they came here to get away from the snow, but I was actually born in a hospital down the street from where I live. The Copier Warrior, his origins start with my father in 1984. My father founded a small business. It was a copier firm. And then I was born in 1985. And so people like to say that toner was running through my blood from the day that I came out of the womb. So (laughs) inevitably, I went and I worked with my father throughout my upbringing. And I actually ended up around the time I was 17, uh, touring the world with my band who was signed to a major record label. We played heavy metal music, which a lot of people hear that and then look at me and go, what? <laughs> yeah. But about the time I was 21, 22, I decided that the music scene wasn't where I wanted to spend the rest of my career, that I wanted to create something a little bit bigger than, than what I had done in that scene as well, too. I wanted to honor my father's legacy, be a little bit closer to my family. And so I, I made the choice to come back and, and work for my dad, which was easy at the same time, too. So <laughs> because I knew my dad would hire me because I would just tell my mom if he wouldn't in the first place and get him in trouble. So so I, I spent the next about 10 years with my father working alongside of him in the copier industry and even through an acquisition when we sold the company. And that's that's me in a nutshell. Okay. So Dale, I know that you've been working full-time as a copier rep, as you just mentioned, but many people will also know you as being the host of the Selling Local podcast. Oza will be familiar with you as the leader of the Sales Rebellion. So I'd like to learn more about how running these parallel projects alongside your daily job helps you to drive more sales, more reputation toward, towards you. I think it's a great question because it, it was one of the first focuses that I had to have in that if we're passionate about something and we want to make a career out of it, but we also have these five, six other things we want to do, we, we mm-hmm. can get lost inside of that. And so for me, who the Copier Warrior is and, and what the Selling Local Podcast is and also what the sale, the concept of the Sales Rebellion is, is that they all complement back to, to, to me, to Dale Dupree. Mm-hmm. And, that, and at the end of the day, that's who lays down and goes to sleep. And so I started the Selling Local Podcast because I decided that I wanted to start speaking to my audience a little bit more and my audience being my buyers, I wanted them to see deeper into my thought process as a salesperson. Yeah. And I thought that it would build rapport with them. And so in Selling Local, I tell my stories about my sales triumphs and failures. I talk about my, my theories behind sales. I talk about a lot of different things that typically we would just want other salespeople to hear, but not me because I'm an open book and I like transparency and I love vulnerability. I think that it builds a better relationship. And I think yep. that people buy from those that they like and they trust. So, sure. so I decided to start selling local so that people could see more of my culture and get that look you know, behind the curtain. The sales rebellion, you know, I started earning the nickname of being the leader of the sales rebellion just because my whole life, really, I've been a rebel you know, from the time that I've 
was in music to the to coming Absolutely. home to work for my father. I've always just had rebelled against the norm. So <laughs> I was I was about to say heavy metal and rebellion seems to be like going well together. So <laughs> yes, they do. So I, I again I just I've I've run with with that over the years as well too. But recently I have made a transition inside of my career that I haven't announced to anybody yet. And I'm essentially I'm running a little bit further and deeper into the thought of being the leader of the sales rebellion instead of it just being a concept. And again, I'll, I'll be announcing soon what I'm doing, but I think Ooh. I prefer that most people get imaginative with what's going on. I like the experience behind you know work and and, and life. I, I like the the thought of it being an adventure. I like yeah. I, I don't like the dull and the and the mundane and the bland. And so I've been launching this new project for about 30 days, and people are messaging me daily and going, "Hey, did I miss your announcement?" <laughs> but the truth is, is that. I'm going to run it until people are so curious that they're about to explode. <laughs> I like it. Oh, that's the teaser for our audience. There we go. Yeah. Everybody should follow you now on a daily basis. Refresh, refresh, refresh. Okay, good. But have you seen all this, uh, the, the, the selling local and the sales rebellion? Have they, have they actually generated business for you? Can, can you say to, to our audience, for example, or even to me, okay, I've actually closed that deal or that piece of business came from me being out there and building up my own brand. Yes, absolutely. So the, and the copier warrior in general as a brand has, has also been huge for me because if you think about copiers, most people will say, well, that's a commodity product that 20 people sell in my area and they knock on my door or they call my phone all the time. And they're the most annoying, obnoxious people that, that I can think of. Although there are some good ones out there, I'm not bashing all copier sales reps, but because of our, our industry is, is such a commodity, we are we are trained and taught to dial, 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 dial until we find an opportunity and then press as hard as we can, full court, to get that deal done so that we can cash a check and then get to the next, get to the next, yeah. get to the next. So for me, I decided to slow that down and I said, wow, you know, I'm going to create the copier warrior. And so when I walk in and I'm the 20th guy out of the other 19 that show up before me, that they will look at me differently, that I will cause curiosity, that I will be this undeniable force in my industry for my buyer and for no other reason. And not for my boss, not for my company, but for my buyer, to serve my buyer, to give them an experience and to help them to understand the myths of the industry, all the things that they have known to be quote unquote true for so long that yeah. really are false. And so using the Selling Local podcast, I, I did occasionally have a guest on here and there and still do that will be aligned with me so that I can talk to their audience and and maybe even speak with their company a little bit more about what I do. So the idea of the podcast is, again, that to help people to see a little bit closer and deeper into who I am. But because people enjoy listening to it, especially in my area here, when I knock on your door, uh, people know the Copier Warrior. They listen to the podcast. They've Absolutely. heard of the Sales Rebellion. So it, it's been both good with inbound and in my outbound efforts and in, in helping people to recognize me. I think it's very refreshing because there is also a some sort of, I would say, a touch of humor in the way you go about it, which which I think is very important in a in a commodity slash potentially boring market, if you will. Yes. Uh, so being a little bit different, I'm, I'm trying to search for the word eccentric. Shall I say? I think that's the, that's the word <laughs> I was looking for. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you know, it's just it's just, it's just refreshing. It's just refreshing because you know people who like you on the personal level, and 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 I think that's that's that makes the whole difference versus the other guy coming white shirt, maybe red tie. All dressing the same, all looking the same, all probably very sad. So yeah, no, I think I think I think putting putting a, a smile on people's face when they open up the door is uh, is important. But around the podcast and 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 at all, 
idea of your personal brand and, and, and all that. I'm interested to, to understand the origin of it. Is it, is it. Was it your own personal initiatives or was it part of a company strategy? How did that all start it? Yeah, the company probably would have preferred not so much my dad's company, who I was with for four years before he sold. And then, and again, I've been in the copier industry for 13 years as a salesperson at this point. So it's, it's been quite some time, but I had four years under his wing doing my own thing and being the copier warrior. And when I showed up to another company, I did realize that I was going to get lost in this bullpen if I wasn't careful. Yeah. And, and, the, and the company probably would have preferred that I just do what they asked. But when I started bringing in the, the big bucks and, and I did within the first year, I became the number one rep at the company that, that bought us. And I never came off of that mantle and eventually became the VP of sales for, for their company as well, too. So I think that they were okay with what I did, but you know they didn't give me a budget and help me promote it, or I did it all on my own accord. I did it because, again, nobody cares as much as you, and I wanted to change the game. I wanted to be something different. So I knew that personal responsibility was going to come into play and, and that I was just going to have to make choices to run with this, even if it meant sacrificing out of my own pocket and and maybe even some days not being able to put gas in my car. But those days were few and far between because being authentic and going out and investing in myself, people saw that because I was willing to do that, that they knew that I would be willing to put in the time and effort to serve them appropriately. So it translated. Okay. And then while they may not have supported you financially or you know helped you to strategize around it, have they tried to stop you? Have you had at any point people asking you to to stop doing what you are doing and concentrate on your job or what they what they quite Yes, linear? I have I have had a, a leader come to me and tell me that he didn't like the way that I was portraying myself and wanted me to change. I've had that happen to me. Obviously oh. I'm a sales rebel and so I didn't really <laughs> listen to it. But I'd love but it I'd, love, I'd love to talk to him. I'd love to talk to that man. <laughs> Probably one of the boring sales rep, I guess. Old school boring. And uh, yeah, don't understand that eccentricity sometimes will excite clients and get them to, uh, to to choose you over someone else. Right. Well, and I think the other thing is, is that that corporate culture wants to control the way that it looks to to the marketplace. But they forget that the marketplace wants to do business with actual human beings. Yeah. They don't want to call an 800 number to get a robot to dial eight different extensions, to leave four different voicemails and be transferred 10 times. That's mm-hmm. the way that they look at it. And so I, I was bringing that change into our marketplace and having a lot of success out of it. But I, I understand. I understand why corporate culture does it. You know, you and I, though, would think it's crazy, but this is the truth, is that even with numbers that were earth shattering, and I'm sure it's, it's true for some people listening to this that have been in my shoes as well. You know, the, the corporate culture comes to you and says, hey, we love your numbers, but we don't like how you're getting them. So we're going to have to ask you to stop. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about that already in the past. But it's, uh, it's interesting because I think, you know, while a company should be very careful and, and us operatics as a company, we, are being, we want to control the way people will speak about our services, what we do, our user case and all that. So everything that is our services, solution, product. We, we want to have a little bit of control over that. However, when it comes to the individual, you know, I guess anyone can do whatever they want, you know, and obviously for what you do, it's a little bit more public. And I've not listened to all the episode of selling local podcast, or, you know, so, so I don't know if at some point you had some crazy idea or did some crazy stuff. I don't know. But I think <laughs> when it's your own stuff, you know, people can't really stop you. Everybody's got to be, everybody goes do things on, on the site, you know, and, and I think you, you, you can't really interact with that and or interject with it. And then at the end of the day, if it's bringing the numbers and people are speaking about you, maybe it's creating jealousy more than anything else, but there you go. So 
coming back to what you've done and, and, and your experience in doing it. And, you know, I wanted to ask you a question to understand if it was a, a painful process, if you were supported by the company, by individual, and, and I understand that it was not as simple as, you know, people may think. So what advice would you give to other individuals that are planning to invest in their personal brand to drive more sales? And, and also, is there any platforms, tactics, way of doing it? In, in you know, Basically, what are your best practices? Yeah. So number one, my best advice to people is to find mentors and creative people that they can surround themselves with when developing a personal brand. A personal brand is not just your opinion or your way of looking at life. It's also that you have to have this creative backbone in order to be able to translate it to everyone because not everybody sees the world the same way. And so it's important to understand the psychology behind a personal brand and the psychology behind your buyer and the creative impact that you can truly have by thinking outside the box when putting your personal brand together. And so the coloration of and color scheme or swatch of your of your brand itself, the look and the feel of when someone heads to your website, when you hand them a business card, when you radically educate them on a first touch cold call, they should be able to understand who you are and it should be nuanced from start to finish throughout the process. And so my advice, first and foremost, is to hire people to help you. That's what I did. I surrounded myself with some of the best creative types And I am a very imaginative person. And like I mentioned to you, I played in a band and we weren't just, you know, yelling and screaming at the top of our lungs. We were playing very intricate music. We were creating perfection on a daily basis is the way that we looked at it. And you have to look at your personal brand from the same perspective. You You have to have an arrogance about your personal brand, a healthy one, so that you take pride in the way that it is portrayed to other people, but that you also have done your due diligence and had others held you accountable. Now, just because you think it's cool doesn't mean that everybody else will. It's kind of my rule. When it comes to a platform, LinkedIn was huge for me. There's not a lot of people posting on LinkedIn or using LinkedIn from a content space. And when I got on it, it was definitely less than 1% of, yep. the, of the LinkedIn world. And because of that, as people, I interacted with people and, and they added me on LinkedIn or they found me through the algorithm, which is a beautiful thing. The LinkedIn algorithm is, is one of the most amazing things out there for, for marketing and salespeople as far as being able to push out your message and your brand. Suddenly, I had 9,000 followers on my LinkedIn overnight within a year. And in the process of doing so, it bled into other platforms such as my Instagram and my Twitter. At the end of the day, if people want to consume your content, they will. I mean, I even have a YouTube channel that people find. <laughs> and They go and they watch my video. I have tons of videos on there. Uh, but the idea is, again, that I am creating. So more than anything, the the tactics, the secret sauce, as people like to call it, it is to actually go and do the work, not just to have a picture of the copier warrior on a site, but to have 400 pieces of content that they can go and interact with and feel overwhelmed by, but feel educated through, feel empowered by, and and again, to, to nuance who it is that you are so that they're in a healthy way indoctrinated by your brand. So I wouldn't specify one one platform, though, at the same time, I have friends that have built their brand on Instagram or on Facebook or on a different platform. But, but what I would say is that remember that human interaction is so important. Even in sending a message through your social medias, you are interacting with another human being. And so remember that as you're building your brand and you're creating content, that interacting with others is the most important side of it. It's the action. You can't just sit back and expect people 
to like you. You can't build a brand in a local territory that you're dialing people on the phones that don't know what you look like, haven't yeah. seen your website, have no idea who you are. You you have to radically educate these folks and you have to have a completely different mindset. Okay. And any naive mistakes that you would advise people who are looking at uh, building up their, their personal brand to, to avoid? What are the easy mistakes to make? I would say that all mistakes are good when, when creating your personal brand. Honestly, I made a ton of them and they helped me to learn over time what it was specifically that my marketplace didn't want to see from me. And it also helped me to understand that, that there were certain people in my marketplace that I really didn't want to do business with, but I didn't know until I started to do these things. And yeah, got to sure. see that side of them that they wouldn't show you otherwise. So, but I will say this, that the biggest mistake people make is that they, when they, they hear me say, hire somebody to help you and they go and they hire just anybody or their brother-in-law and not to say that your family isn't trustworthy. The idea is, is to make sure that this is a person that you would follow, that you trust, that if they have their own personal brand, that you, they're doing the things that you're trying to do in the first place. Yeah, there's yeah. not a lot of people out there doing what the copier warrior does. And so it took me time to find somebody that just got it. And, and I found a few, you know, I, a company called 142 Productions is one of my favorite people to produce my videos through because when I write a script and send it to them, they show up and they know exactly who I am, what I want done and how it will make me happy to translate yeah. it to my consumer base. They also know when I've done things that won't work and they tell me and, and, and right, because they know they say these are look, you can't do it this way because of what you want to accomplish. And I trust them with that. So align yeah. yourself with folks that will hold you accountable in the beginning again, but, but also don't settle for less. And again, you know, I'll say Ray that mistakes are imminent and they're important because they, they will help you to see, okay, I don't need to be doing it this way because you, you just got to do it right. You got to, you just got to, Suck it up and go out there and start doing it. And if you're terrible at it in the beginning, don't worry, it'll get better. Absolutely. I really agree with that. Thanks for all that, David. Really appreciate your, your time and perspective today. It's, um, it's useful, refreshing, and I really enjoyed the chat. So I mean, I'm sure it's, you are very easy to find, but if anyone wants to learn more about you, understand your current project, like the, the, the food truck that you are currently running. So you, you keep yourself busy. I like it. But I do, yes. what, what's the best way to, to get in touch with, with Dale Dupree? The best way to get in touch with me is any, anywhere on social. LinkedIn, I'm Dale Dupree, but Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, I'm at Copier Warrior. My YouTube is Copier Warrior. But also head over to copierwarrior.com and, and go there now because it'll be changing within the next couple of months into something completely different. So go see my origins, but also you can find my cell phone number in there. So if you really want to get a hold of me, you want to learn more about me, you want me to help you with some of your projects, I'm happy to reach out to me. Well, you just got yourself a new Instagram follower and myself. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so great. So again, many thanks for your time today. Really good to have you on the show. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate you. Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. 
To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Thank you.